Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is our 89th edition. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and joining me tonight is Ernest Watts and Chris Dangyo. And these guys have been friends with me for a while. Chris Dangyo is this young guy living out in Colorado, living the life, even went hiking today in Colorado on President's Day. The bum had the day off, Ernest. What do you think about that? And I worked. I had to teach five classes today. I know. I had to work, too. Chris, how do you well, rake in the day off, man? How do I rate it? Yeah. It's like, fantastic. No, but did everybody at your work get the day off? Yeah. It's President's Day. We honor our presidents. Whether they're great or terrible, we honor them That's based Jefferson. on their status. That's Jefferson Davis down there in my neck of the woods. That's the president <laughs> they offer. Wow. Boom, boom, boom. Well, Chris lives out in Colorado. I live in Michigan. Ernest lives in North Carolina. And uh, mostly just uh, governmental workers had the day off around here. So we're going to get to some sports talk like we like to do. And the first one is the NBA All-Star. This year we had a new rule, and nobody knows rules like Ernest because he likes to break them occasionally. Ernest, what was the new rule at the All-Star game? Oh, my. Well, for one thing, they counted the first three quarters as games within the game, mini-games. Mini-me's. Mini-games. And the team that won, uh, the prize money went to uh, their particular uh, uh, charity that they selected from the Chicago area. And then the last quarter was 224. Jack Bauer was not involved whatsoever. That would have been nice to had Keith Sullivan come in and like with the clock like yes. he did on the TV show. Uh, so it was a little convoluted for me. Uh, I didn't particularly care for it that much. You know, John Oliver has a thing in his TV show that where he goes like, why is this still a thing? And I'm about that way with All-Star Games. I've, I've about had my fill of it. I really have. So you're not on the bandwagon that said this 24 no. rule was like the best thing ever? They actually played hard? I won't tell you where they lost me, okay? Uh, they lost me when we went away from East versus West and we picked teams by the captains. Uh-huh. And it became a street game. Not to mention that I know they're honoring Kobe and his daughter. and That's very nice. But everybody either wore two or 24. So it was, you know, unless you had high def and a big screen, it was hard to keep track of who had the ball and who was shooting. I mean, it, it's, it, I, I'll tell you, Jimmy Butler to me is a team player. Uh-huh. And Jimmy Butler looked lost out there. I think he was over four and they had him ride the bench for the entire game. There was no team defense, there was no teamwork. It was street ball, it was boring to me. And I turned it off in the third quarter. I, I really. I did, I'm and I love the NBA. I, love, I mean, this. There's no more. There's a, no better partnership between the NBA, between administration and the players. Players uh, have a voice in operating the game. Wow. But again, this was boring. I mean, I just totally. It it had no value to it. It was worse than an exhibition game, and I tuned out. And I I I like the idea of honoring Kobe, but. Tip-off was 45 minutes after the game was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, it, it was bloated. So you it really loved bloated. it, didn't you? <laughs> no, I mean, and I'm, I'm getting to the point where all All-Star games, I guess it's because we're seeing players on a daily basis. And I'm just wondering what's the value of Pro Bowls and the All-Star baseball game, the NHL All-Star game. I would have liked to have seen a format like this real quick like, 
because, you know, players always gripe because they don't get selected. I'd rather see all four divisions have an all-star team and play each other. And then the third quarter would be the two teams that won, similar to what we see in the NHL. And you get more guys on the all-star game. And I think you have a lot less griping about guys who think they're left out. You get more coverage, more players at the all-star game. And I think you play winner play all like they do in the mm. NHL. If, if, if I have an interest, I like the NHL game because it's winner play all and you get more all-stars and uh-huh. there's more action. I, I didn't like this format. Okay. No. Well, Chris, you know, so Ernest, do you I don't, I don't know if I should call you Ernest. I don't know if I should call you if I should say, okay, boomer, or that you're a millennial. More like Andy Rooney. So like first of all, you say I didn't, I didn't stay awake, or I couldn't, I couldn't watch the whole game. But yeah, you criticize it because you turned it off in the fourth quarter or before the fourth quarter. So the fourth quarter made the entire All Star game. That was. That was it was 45 minutes. So if they were trying to uh, cut time, they failed at that. But the fourth quarter was the best quarter of the entire All Star game, and it might have been the most competitive game All Star game, period. But then you say that you want to change the format where everyone's included, and it sounds like everyone needs to get a trophy, just like millennials. So I don't know what generation you're from, but uh, it just sounds like you're talking. He's a Highlander. I'd like to see teams. I like to see team. I don't want to see team cut a team LeBron versus team. So uh, the wet, but the, the reason they have to do that is because the West is so stacked, and it wouldn't even be fair if. The West versus the East, so that's why they have to do it. Oh, uh, oh, and, now who's a boomer? <laughs> We've got to make the rules even for let everybody get a chance. Well, no, not just just to make it more entertaining. That's all it is. I mean, if they wanted to go East and West, it, it's a product. It's an entertainment product. It's a so layup to make it. They have to make it somewhat entertaining for everyone. And the NBA is more of a player, like you said, a player league, not a team league. So people are rooting for the actual player than more of the the teams. So um, that's why they do that. Anyway, I thought it was the the fact that they were going after a point rather than, you know, draining out the clock or whatever – it, I, I couldn't turn it off. I felt, and I hate the all-star game. I never watch it. It was just on and I just kept watching it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, the, the fourth quarter had the most fouls, most blocks, most uh, offensive fouls. Uh, it just, it had everything. It was fantastic. It was it, the, the shooting percentage. I think in the first quarter, it was 64%. Uh, in the fourth quarter, it was 32%, which meant not that they were shooting worse, they were, but the, the the defense was just lighting it up. So it was it was a, a higher intensity of basketball that was be, being played. <laughs> the starters never co- came out. It was we want to beat you right now, and it, there was no I don't, I don't care if this is for charity if this is an exhibition. We just want to beat you. Wow, Chris, you're bringing it. Is your microphone foam all wet after all that? Because I think you were. Sp- Spitting that out, man. You were really <laughs> ripping it. Uh, my co- follow-up question for you, Chris, is that you loved it, obviously, for the last quarter, and I actually liked it too. Would you like it in the regular season, Chris? No, this is this is an exhibition game only type formats. Um, I, I don't think you could do this every every day, every game. Um, so. 
Yeah, only an exhibition game or an all-star game or some sort. And I, it would be interesting to maybe uh, for a series and a, a, maybe the first series in a playoff game. Uh, I don't know if that would work, but it would be interesting. But from a, a regular, regular season playoff uh, or a regular season game, I don't think it's it's worth. But it made the all-star game watchable, which any NFL or any other – uh, major sports. It's it's hard to watch them all start the game because it's just it's not fun. There's there's just un okay, just okay. unwatchable ability. All right, let's. I, I just think it was more fun. I just thought the it was G more League, fun. Yeah, the G League does something very similar, and their overtime is you have to score. I think it's ten points. The first to score ten points wins the overtime. Okay, I love this boomer. Oh, I'm a boomer. Let me let me ask you before we leave the subject. Let me ask you one more question. How would you think about a USA versus the world format? And it, it's been done. And I, I, I don't See, know. I'm that's a, that's I'm what the more... Olympics are for. Oh, that's the Olympics. That's individual countries. I'm talking NBA, USA versus all the players from another country. What they did with the Rising Stars. And I enjoyed the Rising Stars to the last five minutes when all they decided was to let Zion take off from half court. Miss that where you fell asleep? Boomer. No, that was, and, just, and, <laughs> just kidding. That I, I watched the entire Rising Stars. You know, kind of I, discussed in the last five minutes. I, I don't think that would be a bad idea to have USA versus the world because now this is a, such a global game and there's so many, you know, Luka Doncic. Uh, he, I God think bless he'd you. Be, <laughs> you're welcome. That's how you say his name, by the way. You have to sneeze as you say it. Um, so... <laughs> I think he would be a great – he's a great ambassador for the game. But I, I do like the USA versus the world format. All but right. I like this year's format, and I thought it was good. Okay, let this boomer talk for a second. So Alrighty. all-star games, I think, have an inherent problem because the players do not want to get injured. They don't want to play that level intensity. Um, it's more of an honor that they just are there. And all-star games used to be – uh, the special time when everybody would focus on one game. When I was growing up, the baseball all-star game was so fabulous because it was a lot of pride for your team if one of your players made it to the all-star game. And then I remember always watching it with my cousins who are Boston Red Sox fans and really just competing like who's what's going to happen here. It was unique. It was special. The players took more pride into it. I think at that point it was a, honor to be on the team and you always gave your best we've lost that along the way so i basically don't watch any all-star games anymore period because i just feel like we're saturated with too much sports and just give them the honor and do something different let some younger guys get out there i like watching the young guys play because they're still trying to prove themselves but in this day and age where injury costs you millions and millions of dollars i think the all-star games are pretty much done all right that's my rant as a quick, boomer. Quick, yep, Ernest. Quick plug, the MVP of the Rising Stars All-Star Game, a Michigan State graduate, and a Charlotte Hornet, Miles Bridges. Bridges. Yeah. I saw I Miles. plug in the Hornet. I saw him play here in person. I was third row up. I was sitting in the uh, coach's family section because I knew one of the assistant coaches from Michigan, and I've never seen anybody jump that high that quick. It was amazing, but the rest of his game has to come along before Miles Bridges is awesome. But in that environment, I think he flourished. 
All right, an area that uh, has been making all the headlines besides NBA All-Star Game is the Houston Astros, or as Bernie Smilovich of Channel 4 in Detroit calls them, the Houston Asterix, because he thinks they've cheated bad enough that their World Series win should have an asterisk next to it. Um, So we're going to go with Ernest first. Ernest, we've just gone through a round two of this whole storyline. Nothing else is really happening that's getting the media's attention. It didn't help that the commissioner had a bad interview with Carl Ravitch on ESPN. And then players like Verlander and Altuve and Bregman sort of apologized. And then Korea, the shortstop, did not apologize, basically, and said that the Dodgers are overreacting. Ernest, are we almost done with this story? Do we have to talk about it more? Uh, I think it'll last to the end of spring training. But, you know, I think the Astros are doing this all wrong. They need to embrace this. They need to change their jerseys to silver and black. <laughs> they want to embrace the bad it. Yeah, boys. yeah, this is the idea. Listen, we beat you cheating, and we're going to beat you when we're not cheating. Does Tom Brady... Did he apologize for a, a football that was deflated? Nope. Did Belichick complain? Did he did he apologize when they found out he was stealing with video? He just flashes the, the uh, rings. Sign? Yeah. Did the Detroit Pistons, the bad boys who pushed the rules of basketball, did they apologize? No. They got black and silver jerseys and coats, and they embraced it. The old Oakland Raiders. They used to put, you know, uh, they used to put slick stuff on the football <laughs> and write dirty words on it. You embrace your bad, but the Astros need to embrace this and go, yeah, okay, we cheated. Go we to still the dark got to, side. Go to the dark side. We cheated. We're going to beat you now, even though we're not cheating. You're not taking our trophy away. We'll always be the champs. If you don't like it, that's all right. That's who we are. You embrace. I like what Correa is saying. Like I said, and and then this again, this is going to go over real quick, like because you know what's over and under eighty hits, eighty three times. Las Vegas says they're going to be plunked by pitchers. Guys get hit all the time. Eighty one does not. That's that's once every two games. To me, that's average. Mm. And yeah, it's going to happen. There's going to be some fights. There's going to be some words spoken. But they need to embrace this. Take the bet. They do that, and you'd be surprised if the fans go yes. Yes, if I had a chance to know the rules ahead of time. Listen, if people went to Vegas and you told them you could cheat, know what the cards are ahead of time, they jump at a heartbeat. People could know what the lottery tickets were. They <laughs> jump at it. Embrace it. Be part of your character. Black and silver jerseys, we're the Astros. Rules mean nothing to us. Mm. But on a more serious route, yeah, this something else will come up. All right, Skip Bayless. What do you think, Chris? Is Skip Bayless right on this one? Yes and no. Uh, I, I do think they uh, they need to embrace it, but I don't know if they need to apologize. Is is stealing signs? Is it against the rules? No, because people have been stealing signs since Shoeless Joe Jackson. So why are they apologizing that they just found a better way to steal signs, that we just found a more creative, more innovative way to be better than you? Every team is looking for a, an innovative and creative way to get a competitive advantage, and, and the Astros found that. So, uh, you know. Amen, brother. Mind. We and some play way, to win the game. And some people found it that, that you know, that – 
it was too far, but it's such a gray, you know, spectrum of what, what's too far, what's not too far. So I think they just, they, if you're not you cheating, know, you're not trying hard enough. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think in every professional sports, I think that's, that's almost the way. I mean, you've seen the, the Patriots filming the freaking bangles. I don't know why they were filming the bangles, <laughs> but, but every single thing there, there's always they're they're trying to get an edge on something whether it's picking up dropped players off a team that they're going to come up and play against just to see what their that the other team's mindset is what their competitive uh scheme is i mean there's just so many things across the board that it, it's kind of in that gray area and you know teams do it and it doesn't cause as much of a riff as this does but I don't think that the commissioner should ban anyone getting hit because you know what? If you didn't ban the player, if you didn't, you know, the the commissioner said, "Hey, we want these players to to talk openly about what happened. We're not going to punish you. We're going to give you immunity, but we're also not going to. We shouldn't be pushing punishing any uh, player if they decide to plunk you. Now, if they go after their head, that's one thing. But just hitting them in the in the ribs or in the thigh." go for it. Mm. You know, it is what it is. So I I read a story that Belichick actually told his video crew to go take video of bagels and they mixed it up with bangles somehow. I don't know how that happened. Anyways, bad joke going on. I do think that this is just, um, get over it, but in a way, isn't this the best thing for major league baseball and their ratings? I mean, how many people are going to be curious to see if the Houston Astros are going to get in fights um, there's a great clip of um, a Bell. I forget he played for the Cleveland. Um, big burly guy running into oh, a second uh, baseman. Uh, yeah, uh, well, he also had the the situation with uh, Toronto with Batista taking out Odor a couple years ago and them fighting. Yeah, so there's I ways mean, it, in baseball you can oh, make no. it pretty violent because people in the wrong place at the wrong time, whether it's at a base or uh, hitting, or at different places. So it's going to be really interesting. But, you know, as one of our other co-hosts says, Nate, you know, players and teams, if they knew the Astros were doing this, they could have been changing their signs more often uh, and doing things to not tip off their pitches as much as they were. And every team looks for the way the pitchers tip off their own pitchers too. So I do think it was an advantage, but not enough for them to take away their title. Plus, you know, the players union would never allow um, something to happen here to the players. I think it would just set up a lot of bad scenarios. So Paul, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Which would you feel better as, as a season ticket holder season ticket holder of the tigers, which, you know, a team that's losing on purpose, putting substandard players on the field or being a season ticket holder of the Houston Astros who are going to above and beyond to win. They're pushing past the (laughs) rules, which is a season. Who do you want to buy season tickets to watch? I mean, is this, you're investing your money. Are you saying my integrity is up for sale here? Is that what you're saying? Oh, uh, well, what's the old joke about the lady? Uh, What was it? We'll have to clean it up for the podcast of, would you be with me for 10 bucks? And she says, no, no, I got the joke wrong. Would you be with <laughs> me for a million dollars? And she says, of course. And says, would you be with me for $10? And she says, no, what do you think I am? And he says, well, we're established what you are. We're just negotiating the price right now. So everybody's integrity has a price. But the that's purpose the is kind to win of, the That's game. kind of joke. Do we need to edit out for your grandson to listen here? 
Well, probably. Uh, <laughs> he mean, won't get it. He won't get team. it. There are so many teams that are losing on purpose to get better drafting positions in all, all four of the major sports right now. Here's a team that put their interest in winning. And again, I, I, I interrupted Chris a little while ago, and I apologize for that, but I did the Herm Edwards quote. You know, the, you know, we play to win the games, and sometimes that's pushing – they aren't the only team that cheated. We know the Red Sox did, and I'm pretty sure others did also. That's not an apology, but they need to embrace The whole steroids it. era is cheating. <laughs> it Signal is. stealing. And if, if you're going to say electronic sign stealing is wrong, then you want to eliminate all sign stealing. Give them a headset, a small earpiece, from the manager to the pitcher to the catcher, tell them what the pitch is and where the location is, and you'll eliminate this problem. So we're Technology all, can do this. We're all in agreement that in baseball, if you put uh, something in your bat to doctor it up, whether it be rubber balls or hollowed out, that's going Albert too far. Bell. Right, Albert Bell yeah, did Albert, that. He's Albert. the guy who also wiped out that second baseman. That's going too far. Or if you have sandpaper as a pitcher or some type of hair cream and you put it on there to get advantage on pitching ball, that's not appropriate. That's going too far. But we say stealing the signs is not so there's or, once again or, we get baseballs these unwritten rules like okay you can cheat a little bit but you can't cheat too much and this is really brought up the houston astros is this cheating too much they were too public about it how about the teams in the 80s when the cardinals would play that would water down the infields almost make them like swamps to keep Willie McGee and all the other guys and Isaiah Smith from stealing bases. Or when Ricky Henderson was playing with the A's, teams would soak down the infield and slow it down, or they would let the, the grass grow higher in the infield if they were a team that bunted and didn't have a lot of power so they could get a lot of bunt hits at that time. I mean, or teams the, have been cheating. How about Minnesota Twins up in the Metrodome turning off and on the all fans the, to affect the baseball yeah. flight? The air conditioner. I, yeah. I can say this is this is going on, and it's a. It, I guess no publicity is bad publicity. Baseball needs this because you're competing against everything else right now. But uh, I mean, it, it's it's. We'll forget about it in 30 days. We really will. There'll be something else but that comes up. This is. I think this is a uh, a win for baseball because we are talking about baseball in February and. I would say 11, maybe 10 months out of the year, it's NFL. And maybe, you know, the MLB has kind of stolen one month. If it can steal two months, then I think they're doing a good job. But right now it should be the NBA. And right now MLB is stealing a month of publicity. Whether it's not good publicity, it, it is people are still talking about it. So you think Manfred uh, did that interview on purpose to keep the cycle going longer the new cycle manford is i don't i i don't know what he was thinking the only thing he could do right now to help his image is give pete rose uh eligibility to be in the hall of fame <laughs> that that's you know, listen come march everybody well, be oh, filling out no, the think about it he would he would get so much people so many people off of his back uh about this whole astros thing and they would be so focused and so happy that pete rose uh, would be on the ballot. I, yeah, that would that would clear his name this month. I think Ernest is right. We're in the stage between the NFL and March Madness, and hopefully they were going to say, 
oh, the XFL is going to get all our attention, so we're going to jump to that. XFL has been around two weeks now, and like its predecessor, AAF, the American Association of Football, and by the way, Ernest, I looked up wondering if I could buy football for cheap, uh, one of the AAF footballs, and they do not have them for cheap. They're still trying to sell those things for like 180 or $200. Do you have one of them? No, I don't. I need to go to uh, the Hurricanes game and ask the owner because he was the <laughs> owner of the league, see if he got – do you like the, – the XFL have uh, – each team has their own football. I saw the colors that. Of the team, and that, that nice little X mark at the end, so a perfectly thrown spiral is – it has a neat little you know, mesmerizing little image to it. Well, John respect. Elway used to give those to his receivers in practice at the Broncos games and practices. He'd throw it so hard he'd leave that X on their skin. But I think their footballs are pretty cool. So two weeks, first week I think was fairly decent. The second week it sort of showed itself as being minor league football and the scoring not so great. So we'll start with Chris. Chris, how would you rate the XFL so far between one being the lowest and ten being outstanding uh i guess i need a better understanding of outstanding is outstanding being the chiefs like chiefs level football No, just that you really think it's great anything from one is high school football 10 is the no i was just saying you like it one is you hate it 10 you love it okay so i i would get if if it's one i hate it 10 i love it i'd give it about a (laughs) 6.5 and the reason i give it a 6.5 uh, is because the quarterback play is subpar. And, you know, if we're trying to make the league more exciting and, you know, we're, we're, we don't really care about player safety as much on football returns and kickoffs and all that, we're just trying to make the game more exciting. You need to have more exciting plays. And if you don't have quarterbacks that can produce more exciting plays, then it's, it's lacking and there's not going to be as much talk. So I think, I think there's maybe two, maybe three quarterbacks in the entire league that have uh, proven to be decent quarterbacks. Everything, everyone else is either a mediocre, and you can tell a kind of a uh, you know a, a second or third string quarterback in the NFL, and it's just they're not that good. And you know the defenses will always beat the offenses, uh, just because of simplified offenses. And so, but. The one thing I like is that there's a ton of communication uh, and you can see it as a, as a fan that, you know, just everything's going on. But the negative part is these commentators just right after a good play, a bad play, whatever, they're going right up to these players. How do you feel about it? They're like, I don't know. I just scored a touchdown. I'm excited. Like, <laughs> or I just threw an interception. I don't, I'm not TMI. Great. Like go away from me. <laughs> like, so I, I just think it's like, okay, just, we need to take a step back, like give them their space because sometimes it's just too much, but I do like hearing the, the the calls in the field and some of the interaction between coach and player. But the the you know the sideline reporters, I think they're just we need to cut maybe one or two of them out of there because there's just they're in they're in too many people's grill and it's just it's too much. Ernest, you're up. Did, did you see the interview with Matt McGowan? Yes. Of the <laughs> Guardians at halftime, where yes. he just had a petulant childish fit i mean i thought that was that's really that's what really happens that respect and and chris is right the quarterback play has been a little substandard is the problem is they're all guys over 30 landry jones is 30 mcgowan is 30 i I think the real star here in the beginning has been pj walker 
who was a backup for the Colts, who's at Temple. He's the Houston Roughnecks quarterback. He he's played pretty well, and I think you've seen some defensive play that's been real well. I mean, it's it, even though they had a four week training camp, it, it's kind of hard for the offenses to catch up with the defense. I do like the interaction and the ability to listen in on the officials and the, the replay initial officials. I like the idea that there's not a challenge and the fact that they call a challenge from up top. I do like the two-minute rules, which really give a chance for a team to get back, and the extra point rules. I think you're going to see, because we've seen this with these these uh, standout outside, outside leagues, we've seen the rules incorporated by the NFL but they're not looking to get NFL ratings. They're looking to get, and, and the attendance actually went up the second week, which is surprising. You had 30,000 in Seattle. Right. Uh, I think they just, you know, they're not aiming to be the NFL. They're aiming to be college basketball ratings. What would and you rate it, Ernest, that, 1 to 10? 1 to 10. Well, I really enjoy it, so I'm, I'm going to go with a hard 7 uh, to nice. the extent. I, I enjoy it. I, I that's Rick a rookie nine. score. That's a rookie score. Rookie score. I need, Actually, I need a, I need a point. Seven point two. Seven point two. That's okay. better. That's better. Uh, All right. Then I I'll... mean, it's enjoy. I mean, to the extent it's football, uh, I recognize a lot of the names from college football. Yeah. A lot of kids that and guys like the wide receiver for LA, who's uh, from Oregon, who's doing real well. I mean, the guy who got injured in in training camp for the Rams, and I think Spruce Ed Spruce. I think he has a legitimate chance. They're, they're guys that you're going to see in NFL rosters this mm. year. Not a lot, but I'd say anywhere from 10 to 20 off this league. And I would give it a 6.98 just so I, Chris is happy with my number. Uh, I like it. I'd like to come home score. after working. And like yesterday I had to work on a Sunday, and I thought, oh, man, probably all the basketball games are over. I just want to kick back with my recliner and reacts. And then I remembered, hey, XFL is on. So I watched the end of that Seattle game, and I was surprised how many people were there. It was good to see Jim Zorn, you know, old guy like me, coaching and having fun with that again. And I guess I sort of looked past some of the rough points. I mean, it's still so young. Hey, football at this level is still better than watching curling or downhill skiing at this point. So I, I liked it. You, good. you watch your mouth when you talk about curling, you watch your mouth when you talk about curling. <laughs> that, I, is I the, what, that is I the think... Canadian history and their native sport. What are you Canadian or something now? Eh? French Canadian. Eh? eh? what happened? What happened to hockey? I thought that was the national sport. Yeah, really. That's the, uh... but curling is the only sport you can do while you're drinking at the same time. I think that's it's the, the only sport what about you can softball? do with a broom. Yeah. All right, guys, you've done pretty good with all these sports questions. So I'm going to reward you now with a fun game. The game is Would You Rather? And that Chris thought this sounds like a drinking game. Everything sounds like a drinking game to Chris. So, But this is Would You Rather President's Day edition. So I'm going to be asking you a Would You Rather question, your choice <laughs> between one thing and another, and then you choose it, but you get bonus points if you can name which president's did these type of sports activities? Does that make semi sense to you? Yes. I still like I still like uh, Ernest's uh, Would You Rather, <laughs> Monica Lewinsky or uh, Stormy Daniels. Oh my gosh! Now we got a second edit for this podcast. <laughs> no, we don't. I think both are. We'll just keep moving here. Keep moving. Yeah, good move. Good move. Keep moving. 
All right. So, Ernest Watts, you ready for your Would You Rather? Yes. All right. For 9.83 points, would you rather be a wrestler or a boxer? Well, uh, boxer, that was Teddy Roosevelt. That's right. And he, he actually actually lost sight in one of his eyes from a, a boxing event. Actually, it was with one of his White House aides. He was in uh, the White House and doing some sparring sessions with the aide, and he caught one in the eye and lost some of his vision. All right, for double bonus points, can you name the wrestler who was president? Was that John Kennedy? No. Oh, okay. All right, Chris, you can come oh, off the Abe board. Lincoln. Oh, Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln. All right, I'm we'll, sorry. we'll give it to you. I thought I thought you were talking about college wrestling, but yeah, Abe Lincoln. Yes, that's the right. The old log splitter himself. Right in the 1830s, a saloon keeper bet Lincoln that he couldn't beat Jack Armstrong, who was the wrestler champion of the town. And Lincoln, the American boy. And Lincoln did it, and actually, Lincoln's in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. All right, now we'll go to Chris. Chris, would you rather play golf at Augusta National or play in a national or play on a national football championship team? Uh, play in a national championship team just like Gerald Ford. You are right. Are you looking it up right now on Google? No. How could I? You just told me the answer. How you know he was, he was also... a Michigan man. That's like I was hoping you gave me that because I'm like, I don't know anything – Athletic about any president except for <laughs> Gerald Ford. <laughs> he was a male model also. He was on Look Magazine. Well, I think we can say that about one of us on this podcast as well. <laughs> oh, it's not. A, I, I wonder who that would be. You know, uh, if you look up the definition R. of model, it's a replica of the real thing. You know that. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, all right, Chris, who is the um, – so you got Gerald Ford, right? He was on – 1932 and 1933 Michigan Wolverines, and back in those days, they didn't have national championships quite like we have now, but they were undefeated both those years, so they sort of take credit. And can you name the other president who used to play golf at Augusta a lot? Uh, Augusta. Carter? Can I take this one? Can I take this one? Yeah, you can steal this one, Ernest. All right. First of all, uh, uh, Mr. Ford played center. That was his position. Dwight D. Eisenhower played golf at Augusta. He sure did. He also played football at West Point where he was a running back and linebacker, and he even played semi-pro baseball for a little while. And according to legend, I don't know how true this is, he would have played longer in football, but he tried to, He injured his knee trying to tackle the legendary Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. Yes. Amazing, isn't that? All right. That was uh, for Carlisle University when Carlisle, which is the smallest school ever to beat Army in football. Did you were you attending at that time, Ernest? No, no, I was actually an assistant coach for Carlisle, <laughs> based in Pennsylvania. That was actually the entire football team for Carlisle was Native Americans because wow. it was a school for Native Americans. Mm. And if you're listening to this podcast and don't know who Jim Thorpe is, please, please look it up. He's phenomenal. Best athlete maybe ever from the United States or in the world. All he was right. from the 19th, 1970s? 19, 1930s. You know the story about him. <laughs> he won Olympic medals at the Olympics in Oslo. And the king was presenting him his gold medal. And the king of Sweden said, Mr. Thorpe, you are the greatest athlete I've ever seen. And Jim Thorpe said, thanks, King. 
Okay. I, I thought you were going to tell the story. Go ahead. I thought you were going to tell the story where he had to borrow somebody else's shoes to run in the oh, Olympic yeah. event because somebody stole his. But moving on. All right. We're back to Ernest. Ernest, would you rather be the best swimmer at your college or run a marathon? Oh, wow. These are two presidents here. Run a marathon. And who did that? Did Jimmy Carter run a marathon? And do you want to guess uh, who the swimmer was? The swimmer. Uh, John Kennedy? Boy, that's two no two misses. So, Chris, you want to steal I'm, this one? I'm gonna I so the marathon runner, would that be George Bush number two? Correct. In nineteen ninety-three, he ran the Houston Marathon in three hours and forty-four minutes. Yeah. Do you know who the best swimmer in college president was? Um, oh, I know Teddy, that. Oh, uh, Roosevelt. Franklin no, D. Roosevelt. No, he played polio. Well, I mean, you don't no, have to be great. You don't no. have to be in great shape to swim, to float. <laughs> uh, I think it was, was it Reagan? It was Ronald Reagan at Eureka College. Yeah. And he was also credited for saving 77 people's lives when he was a lifeguard. I think some of those may have been women fainting to get his attention, but who knows? And also a See, former radio Cubs. <laughs> this is what happens when I look it up on the internet and I just see the first president that comes up is Franklin oh. D. Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> he so had polio. You're oh, just crap, like that discussion <laughs> about the Astros. If you're not cheating, you're not trying is hard enough, cheating? Chris? Is it, I, did, I did not cheat for the... Uh, the uh, I, was I don't know. I don't know. I, think I knew you about are. that one. I knew you he think was, the guy who could walk is the best swimmer. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Am I back to uh, Chris? Chris, now the last the one asterisk. I have here, or Chris? Chris, the asterisk. All right. Don't look at your computer, man. You know, I'm watching. I'm not. I'm not. All right. Sure. Yeah. All right. Would you rather play in two college baseball World Series or play in a state high school basketball championship game? Uh, two college World Series. And who would that be? Who did it? Uh, Don't look it up. Don't look it I'm up. I'm not looking it up. I have no idea. Um, I got these. I got these. Uh, would, would, would one of them be um, Kennedy? Wrong. You want to try not another Kennedy. guess before I wipe you out here? Um, Carter. You <laughs> you are wrong on both counts. And Ernest can tie <laughs> if you can get both of these right. Or you can win if you okay. get both of them right, Ernest. George H. Bush played first base for Yale in the College World Series. Yes. And your basketball player was Barack Obama in Hawaii. Correct. On both counts, George Herbert Walker Bush played in 1948 after World War II. He came back from the war, and he batted only 212 and played first base, but he was the captain. And there's a famous picture of him shaking Babe Ruth's hand. Uh, so a pretty amazing life George Herbert Walker Bush had in many ways. And he was the first uh, president who pitched the first uh, ball or uh, threw the first ball at the beginning start a season from the pitcher's mound. All the other guys were up further close or closer up. And Barack Obama in 1979 won the state championship with his team from Punahou, P-U-N-A-H-O-U. And it was a Hawaiian uh, private school uh, out there in Hawaii. So uh, there you go. And uh, first, the first president to throw 
the pitch in an opening game. Who was it? Yeah. First, Kennedy or Carter. Uh, Woodrow Wilson. William Howard Taft. Oh. Jeez. I didn't know he got out of the tub. <laughs> <laughs> he got stuck in the tub. Yeah, he I was, know. He, That's why I didn't know he was three bills. out. He was three bills, and he is the only president who, after he was a president, became the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Yeah, that would not happen today. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the doldrums before March Madness. Uh, so what are you guys going to watch this week on sports? Ernest, I know you have lots of things you could watch. What are you looking forward to this week? Well, you know the XFL. But uh, I am old school. I'm an old man. And I used to love heavyweight boxing championship matches. And this weekend we have Wilder versus Fury number two. Delonte Wilder, who is he's a Tyson-like boxer much larger has a lethal he's he's got one punch with that right hand but i think he has three-fourths of his wins or knockouts the last time they fought was a classic it was a tie fury was winning most of the match and in the end wilder knocked him down in the last round and he came out a tie uh you know they're going to fight a third one after this no matter what happens and right now we have three heavyweight champions, but this will reunite two of the championship belts. And there's just something about a heavyweight championship fight. I know that goes back to the 80s, and we really haven't had that magic since, since Mike Tyson. You know, it was 25 years last week when Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson in Tokyo. And I think that was the last heavyweight championship fight that that, that in the Hollyfield Tyson fights that I really paid attention to. So boxing has, has kind of lost a lot of its luster, but every once in a while you get matches like this. So definitely Wilder versus Fury too. And back to the XFL. Mm-hmm. Chris. Sounds, a, sounds like a ahead. movie, Wilder versus Fury too. Are well, you... Fury is from, uh, Tyson Fury is, is English. Uh-huh. And he is the first English heavyweight champion since the 60s. And to the extent that that a lot of people think he's been ducking uh, Deontay Wilder since their match almost three years ago, two and a half years ago. Mm. Because a lot of people think that if it had an extra round or if it went one more moment, uh, Wilder would have knocked him out and won the championship. Mm. And Wilder's one of those hit and miss guys. I mean, he's just, he comes in and you get the entertainment value. So is this I mean, a pay for view swing. deal or is it going to be a. Yeah, major? this is a pay for view, but you can always go on the dark net. Sorry. Can you <laughs> edit that part side. out? With the, Houston <laughs> the dark Astros. side. I've, I've, already dri- I've already drawn Chris to the dark side about the Astros. So nice. Nice work, young Patamon. We brought you to the dark side. <laughs> I see the fourth C. I see the dark side seeding in you. Sorry. We lost everybody with that little nerd talk right no, there. No, no, there's plenty of nerds out there. It's right. okay. No, I, I pay for all my cable uh, and sports events. Um, I'm looking forward to college basketball. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing some teams that I have not ever paid attention to before. Uh, Colorado basketball, they're, they're obviously a little bit more Do talked about team, out here. Do they have a team, really? I, oh, right. Uh, they're yeah, they're in the top, top 16, which means they're 16th. Um, <laughs> and the other team is exciting to watch is Rutgers. I didn't even know they still had a school. But uh, Rutgers basketball, 
Yeah. Penn State also. Penn State's in top ten. Well, Penn State is terrible in all things. Um, whoa, so. whoa. <laughs> wow, some big time. Sorry, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're a big. You're my big, wife. My big wife. Uh, I just want to let. So this is coming from my wife. She went to Rutgers. So I have to have a nice plug for her. She, uh, so she grew up in Pittsburgh or in the Pittsburgh area and she filled out the honors application for, uh, Penn state. She only filled out half of it cause that's all she cared about. She still got in and that's why Penn state is just, it's garbage. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she, so Rutgers has a, as a basketball team, they're doing well. They're in the top 25. Colorado has, a nice, uh, nice story. So I hope to see him both in the, in the dance. And so I'll be rooting them on, except for Rutgers. I will not be rooting them on this week because they will be playing Michigan. So mm. other than that, I'd like to see a couple of good, you know, good colleges get into the dance for, uh, for some, you know, that they haven't been there in a while. Chris, the coach of Rutgers is who? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Their whole players, I'm sure, are criminals. But uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, Penn State's trash, but, but Rutgers is all criminals. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen, if I want to sleep in the same bed tonight as my wife, I have to. She sometimes listens to the show, oh, so I have to does. give my nice plug. Yeah. Well, then, then hit her with a trivia question: Who's the greatest <laughs> Rutgers basketball player of all time? Uh, I don't even think she could answer that. I know the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, was Ray Rice, but that's a whole other story. Wow. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my. Wow, we're uh, really Phil scraping Sellers the bottom. is the answer to the basketball question. <laughs> oh, Phil oh sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, and we haven't talked this enough, but the Big Ten is having probably the best conference. They're above and beyond the best college uh, conference right now. I mean, the Big 12 is, is top-heavy with Kansas and Baylor. But the big – I mean, we talked about Ohio State being national champs back in December, and they're going to be lucky to get into the tournament. I mean, they're the bottom of the Big Ten run. Oh, I think I think there's going to be about six or seven Big Ten teams. There's – Oh, uh, ten. I think ten or twelve. Yeah, they, there's there's about four of them from 25 to 30 that they're all just right there. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. So it, it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of Big Ten teams, and they're just beating the crap out of each other. Um right now so it'll be a fun big 10 tournament and uh, i like to see them all in the big dance all right and i'm going to wrap up this podcast by talking about what i'm going to be keeping an eye on i'll be keeping an eye on two things first of all the daytona 500 just ended tonight we're recording this on monday and ryan newman had a horrible crash at the end and so i'm praying and hoping that ryan newman's okay it was sort of like the dale earnhardt crash it was so bad Everybody just got totally silent, um, but hopefully with the improved technology uh, and everything, he's going to be fine. Uh, supposedly, he was alert when he was moved into the ambulance, so that's one thing I'll be tracking. On a much less important thing, um, John Beeline was the head coach at University of Michigan basketball team for quite a while. Great success here, but he always heard the siren voice of the NBA saying, come, make lots of money and prove that you're even a better coach so you can train these NBA players to be awesome. So he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and all reports right now show that he's not even going to make it the rest of the year. He may not even make it this weekend, that they've hired uh, Bernie Bickerstaff's son to come in as a backup to him in case he doesn't make it this weekend even. 
And I'm just curious, does he regret that choice? At Michigan, he had a wonderful program, had set up really well, and we're happy to have Jawan Howard. He's doing a great job right now. The team looks good. They're recovering from early um, injuries. But Beeline, I know he, he cashed in a big check, but I think he's going to be a little bit uh, down in the mouth after realizing that the NBA just was that one step he probably should have not taken. And so... Uh, sort of sad as a Michigan fan to see that happen. And th- my worst fear is that he's going to come back and coach another team that eventually come back and uh, beat Michigan. So there you have it. And I, yeah, I kind of called it, didn't I? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you don't see college coaches successful in the NBA. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> but where's your owner from? Where's the Cleveland Cavaliers owner? Oh, Gilbert's from inside? Michigan. He's, he's from in Detroit. Cle- yeah, Detroit area. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up our podcast for tonight. Thanks for talking in ways I did not expect. And, Chris, you said you weren't going to do a drinking game, but I have suspicion that you were drinking during this <laughs> podcast. Were you drinking water, or what were you drinking? You know, I was drinking Jesus's juice. That'd be wine. Uh, oh, he, he was He did turn drinking. water into wine. And, Ernest, <laughs> I know you've been up since 2.30. appreciate you get the uh, – Cal Rifkin Ironman Award today to staying awake and doing this podcast with us. And so for all our loyal listeners, you've been listening to Part of Confusion. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you just want to know what Chris really looks like, email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com and have a great night. <laughs>